Another American community is reeling after a shooting following a Kansas City Chiefs victory parade on Wednesday, leaving one person dead and more than 20 others injured. Police are working to determine who opened fire and what motivated the attack that sent crowds of fans running and taking cover. Now, these fans were there because they were amongst over a million people who had gathered just steps away from Union Station in downtown Kansas City to the parade to mark the Chiefs' repeat Super Bowl win. Some of those wounded were children. And two presidential campaigns ago, Donald Trump faced a brewing sex scandal that threatened to derail his bid for the White House. Today, a New York judge ensured that that very same scandal will loom again over Trump's latest run for president, that he did so by scheduling for March 25th a trial that could jeopardize Trump's campaign and his freedom. The judge rejected Trump's bid to throw out the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal charges against him that stemmed from a hush money payment to a porn star in 2016. By setting a trial date for next month, the judge cleared the way for the first prosecution ever of a former American president. Now, this is ever in the nation's history. Now, this is ensuring that Trump will face at least one jury before Election Day. And Israeli special forces have entered a hospital in the southern Gaza city of Khan Yunis after receiving what they say is credible intelligence from a number of sources that Hamas had previously held hostages at this particular hospital. Now, this move comes a day after hundreds of civilians were forced by Israeli forces to leave the hospital, which they had been using as a shelter. And in more Trump news, Trump was expected to attend that hearing today because uh, this trial was going to be set, this criminal trial. But at the same time today, there was an explosive hearing in Fulton County, Georgia, where District Attorney Fannie Willis took the witness stand in her own defense uh, against allegations that she somehow should be disqualified because of a romantic relationship she had with a special counsel, Nathaniel Wade, uh, that she brought on to help prosecute uh, corruption cases, including the case against Donald Trump and more than a dozen defendants. In hour two, we are going to break down for you what happened in that Fulton County Courthouse with two of my favorite and super smart legal analysts. Uh, but in other news today, the uh, big news in politics is Representative Jim Clyburn. He is a Democrat from South Carolina. He announced yesterday that he's stepping down from his Democratic leadership position in the House while a protege signaled a desire to succeed him. Representative Joe Neguse of Colorado, who's only 39 years old, but considered a rising star in the Democratic Party, says he will run for Clyburn's leadership post. Uh, we know that Nancy Pelosi had asked Clyburn to step aside uh, when she stepped aside. At that time, Clyburn wasn't ready, uh, but he is going to step aside from leadership, although he is going to run for re-election uh, for his congressional seat, and he will continue to be the co-chair of Joe Biden's presidential campaign. And in other news related to the law today, the special counsel investigating Hunter Biden has charged a former FBI informant with fabricating claims that Biden and his son Hunter sought two $5 million bribes from a Ukrainian energy company. 
Now, this former informant was accused today of falsely telling the FBI that Hunter Biden, then serving as a paid member on the board of this Ukrainian co uh, company, Burisma, this informant said that Biden demanded money to protect the company from an investigation by the county's prosecutor. Now, we now know that that informant was telling a lie. And finally today, the White House is clashing with the Justice Department in uh, they have been clashing in the run-up to the release of a special counsel report last week about Biden's handling of classified information. Now, a top department official rejected complaints from Biden's lawyers about disparaging comments in the report regarding the president. Now, this report, 345 pages of it, says that Biden committed no crime, exonerated him, you know, absolved him, I should say, of any criminal wrongdoing, but contained a laundry list of gratuitous statements about Biden's memory. And of course, the White House is saying this is all about politics and not about the law. This is Ariva Martin in real time, and I'm your host, Ariva Martin. This is your one-stop destination for today's trending news, expert analysis, and my unfiltered opinions. This is hour two of Ariva Martin in real time, and this is the hour where we dig a little deeper, where we go behind the headlines, and we get some uh, more extensive analysis of some of the biggest news stories of the day. And so today, no matter where you were in your car, in your house, on your phone, on your computer, you probably heard that Fonnie Willis, this uh, fiery prosecutor out of Fulton County, came in hot. I mean, hot with attitude and in a hot pink dress as she entered the Fulton County courthouse to take the witness stand. Now, allegations have been made by defendants who are being prosecuted along with Donald Trump for trying to subvert the uh, very, very legitimate election of 2020. Uh, Trump and his co-defendants have been charged under Georgia's RICO statutes. And one of the co-defendants filed a motion a couple of weeks back saying that he had uncovered information that Fonnie Willis was in a romantic relationship with one of the special prosecutors that she brought on to the case. Now, Fonnie Willis has been pretty close lipped about the details uh, for the longest, not even acknowledging that relationship. Uh, the judge in this case, though, said in order to make sure there hasn't been any kind of improper conduct that could disqualify Fonnie Willis, he needed to hold an evidentiary hearing. So today was the day for that hearing. Now, Fonnie Willis's office, because she is the sitting district attorney elected by the people of Fulton County, they filed a motion to quash the subpoena that was requiring her to testify. So after uh, the defense had called uh, Nathaniel Wade, who is the man who had the relationship with Fonnie Willis, they were prepared to call their next witness uh, and the prosecuting attorneys was prepared to argue before the court why that witness should not be Fonnie Willis. Seems like the judge was going with the prosecutor and probably was not going to force Fonnie Willis to testify. But Fannie Willis uh, had something else in mind. She knew that Mr. Wade's testimony had concluded and she assumed that she would be the next witness called. So she ran down to that courthouse and walked in and over the uh, best advice of her lawyers, she decided to take the witness stand. And boy, did she provide some riveting, riveting testimony. 
So when we come forward, uh, two of my legal experts are here to help us break down that testimony. And although, you know, it's kind of a Perry Mason meets Atlanta housewives kind of moment, the real question here is, did the defendants produce any evidence, even a shred of evidence that would justify disqualifying Fannie Willis and her prosecutorial team under Georgia law? So with all the salacious allegations and trips to the Bahamas and cruises and drinking of Grey Goose and drinking of wine and you know, all of that that came out today, we can't lose sight of the real issue here. And the real issue here is the prosecution of Donald Trump and co-defendants under RICO statutes in Georgia and whether the lawyers that can bring that case, i.e. Fonnie Willis, can they continue or is there evidence to disqualify Fannie Willis and her team? So we're going to end all the speculation uh, and answer all of your questions uh, when we come forward with two of the best lawyers in the business. So stay with us. KBLA Talk 1580. She's the real deal. In real time. You're listening to Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> the present. Let's get back to more of Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk 1580. We are back and in this hour we are breaking down for you that explosive testimony we heard today in a Fulton County courtroom. Testimony given by Fonnie Willis, District Attorney Fonnie Willis, an elected official in the state of Georgia. She took the stand to set the record straight and to testify on her own behalf about what she called lies that were told in motions filed by the defendants in this case, as this is a case again, uh, the RICO criminal prosecution against Donald Trump and co-defendants. Uh, joining me in this hour is uh, Mansfield Collins. He is a defense attorney and Bobby Grace, a veteran prosecutor, both veteran, uh, very experienced attorneys. Uh, both have been in and out of courtrooms throughout uh, the state of California and other places. And I have to start with you, Bobby. You uh, you were pretty high up in the LA County Prosecutor's Office, so you work very closely with elected prosecutors. Have you ever seen an elected prosecutor do what we saw Fannie Willis do today in that Fulton County Courthouse? Um, good evening, Ariva. This is uh, unprecedented. I, I've never heard of anything like this before. Um, there have been instances where non-elected um, prosecutors got involved in romantic relationships that could have compromised um, a, a case individually, but nothing uh, on the level that we see here. This is just... Um, you know, they've set themselves up to be on Saturday Night Live this coming Saturday. But uh, I've never seen anything like this before, Reba. Yeah, I'm waiting for the memes, the Grey Goose memes. I mean, you know, the, the cruise ships. I mean, we, it was it was so much content, right? So much rich content, Mansfield, in that testimony today. Were you surprised? Because as I said in my lead-in, her office, Fannie Willis's office, was starting to tell the judge why she should not be forced to come in to testify, that there's this high burden of proof, and that the defense had not met that burden. I thought the judge was probably going to go with the prosecution's argument and say, yeah, you haven't done enough to uh, get 
the elected district attorney on the stand and then she just storms into the courtroom, uh, hot, clearly upset, angry, uh, and says, no, let's go. Uh, were you shocked by that Mansfield? Shocked, surprised. <laughs> I didn't even have words for what took place today. When I saw Fani walk into the courtroom and dismiss and wave off her attorney, the district attorney handling the motion this morning, I said, oh boy, she's really upset. She's angry. And I don't know what's going to happen, but yes, we've never seen anything like that. It's always bad advice for someone not to take the advice of their attorney. And that's what she was doing when she walked into the witness box. Well, there have been debates online, on cable television about whether Fani is better off today at 5 p.m. Eastern time than she was at 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern time before this evidentiary hearing got started. What what say ye, Bobby? Well, from a uh, the legal aspect of this, um, she's behind the eight ball, and she put herself in a position where the judge now has the discretion to basically do whatever he wants to do because they've made a case um, based upon what I've heard that there could be a conflict of interest here. Now, the only question is going to be, uh, and I think Mansfield would agree with this, that um, conflicts like this, personal conflicts, are not necessarily legal conflicts. Most legal conflicts revolve around um, a lawyer representing somebody else that's in the case, so they have to recuse themselves. Uh, in instances where um, let's say somebody in, in the DA's office uh, has a family member who got hurt or something like that, then there could be a problem with that prosecutor's office prosecuting that case because of the close relationship members of the DA's office and um, that, that victim's family, okay? Here, the problem is, and, and maybe you didn't want to jump into this yet, is that um, the accusation is that the DA, the elected DA, benefited herself and um, the individual who was a special prosecutor because the DA hired him as a special prosecutor and they took trips together, et cetera, et cetera. So all the salacious stuff that we heard about today, put that aside, did she enrich herself or did she enrich him through this relationship by her hiring him or her office hiring his office as a special prosecutor. That is a big problem. Overall, yeah. overall, I don't think it's an issue with respect to the legal aspects of Trump, Fulton County versus Trump. The facts of her malfeasance don't have anything to do with the facts of the Trump prosecution. So I don't Mansfield, my understanding of the Georgia law is that there has to be an actual conflict uh, of interest, not, uh, you know, an appearance of one, but an actual one. And that the real issue is, did she receive a financial benefit from these trips or any of the money or any of the expenditures made by Mr. Wade? And if she can prove as she testified today, her, her testimony is evidence 
Wade's testimony is evidence, and then we know there's going to be another witness to come in on this money issue that he didn't give her any gift. He may have paid for it on his credit card, but she paid him back in cash. Doesn't that end the inquiry unless defendants can come in and disprove that fact? Yes, in an evidentiary hearing, that's the way the evidence would flow. Yes, she would testify, and they would have to come up with evidence that supports a different account of the factual evidence that she's testifying to. In this context, the conflict of interest has to result in a determination that her conduct now creates a finding that she has lost her impartiality and she has a bias in going forward in this prosecution against these defendants. Now, Fannie Willis has already been disqualified in one prior case involving defendants related to an election interference case. She was disqualified because she invest, was investigating the Lieutenant Governor Bert Jones, who was one of the defendants in another election interfering case. And at the same time, she supported a candidate running against him in a reelection campaign and held a fundraiser in her for that candidate. The judge in that case, which may be it may be uh, uh, instrumental in what the judge does in this case. The judge in that case found that at stake in the case like this is the public's confidence in uh, the defendants receiving a fair trial without any bias or any impartiality at all. So, Ariva, yes, you're supposed to have an actual conflict, but I'm not sure if in, in terms of the facts of this particular case, because of the public interest involved and because you're going after a former president of the United States, I'm not sure if that standard is going to be heightened or lowered in order to make sure the public walks away with confidence that the proceedings are being conducted fairly and impartially. So I'm not sure if the same standard is going to be applied in this case in the final analysis. But if the same standard is Applied. I'm, I, you know, I want to look this up to make sure I have it right. It says under Georgia's law, a conflict of interest occurs only when the prosecutor's conflicting loyalties could prejudice the defendant, leading, for example, to an improper conviction. So, what are the allegations that, you know, where are the where's the prejudice here? Now, it would be different well, if Wade was going to be paid, say, some contingency fee if he got a conviction or, you know, she would have there would be a stake and she was going to share in that contingency fee. But the mere fact that her and Wade took trips together for which there's been no evidence that the money paid to him from Fulton County is the money even used for those trips. So let's assume I don't I didn't see it. If you could tell me if either of you saw that fact even being established by the defendants. I, I didn't see where they proved that fact that the money he got from Fulton County was used for those trips. Well, Ariva, Ariva, the arg argument is going to be that um, regardless of whether. Um, who got what money, but clearly the both individuals' credibility are, are on the line, right? Um, the issue is going to be that uh, uh, Fannie Willis and her entire office undertook this prosecution in order to enrich other people. So let's say Wade and his firm 
that they're nece- it isn't necessarily that they thought that the Trump case was a valid case, that, that it was an uh, opportunity for the elected. But wait a minute, Bobby, the evidence mm-hmm. today, if you believe Bonnie and Wade, of course, there's mm-hmm. a, the friend we'll talk about, was that they did not have a relationship uh, prior to the contract. Yeah, but that that's going to be in dispute. I, I think the the friend is going to say that their relationship happened well, Much the friend so- testified earlier. The friend puts the yeah. relationship in 2019, uh, and Fonnie and uh, Mr. Wade put it two years later. So the judge is going to have to make a credibility determination, right, about who is more credible. Right, and, and their credibility is in question because they filed an affidavit originally saying that they weren't having an affair. Then they amended it to say, oh, we made a mistake. We were having an affair. So the credibility is on the line already. Oh, I don't, I, I missed that. There was an affidavit signed by Fannie Willis saying they did not have a romantic relationship? Yep. The original pleadings or ever, they denied that they were having an affair. Then they backtracked and said, oh, let me file this amended, you know, um, addendum uh, to, the, to it. Let's that. find that, Bobby, because th- that that would be major. And I have not seen that. Uh, have you seen that, Mansfield? I think Bobby is right on that. But remember what the standard is for the, the judge in this case, Arie, but the standard is he can just he can grant the motion to disqualify or deny the motion to disqualify only on abuse of discretion. He has total discretion in this case, in this hearing. He doesn't have to do it by preponderance of the evidence or beyond a reasonable doubt. He just has to use fair discretion in deciding the outcome of this hearing. And that's why I think that um, when you have a case that involves the complete nation, the United States of America, that's what this case involves. It's not a case that just is limited to the state of Georgia. This will probably be a one-off ruling because of the great public interest in this case. And remember, the conflict is supposed to make sure that the public ends up with complete confidence in the fairness and impartiality of the proceedings. And I think that that is at issue right now. Uh, Any time a witness testifies, their veracity for truthfulness is at issue. And unfortunately, there were many times during the witness's testimony today, uh, all witnesses, where someone could have concluded that the testimony was less than pleasing to veracity. Yeah, uh, we're going to continue this line of question questioning when we come forward, because I'm looking feverishly for this affidavit and I'm not finding it. So when we're on this uh, break and taking some more news, can you guys also look for it? Because that would be really, really important to the issue of veracity, as you said, Bobby. Uh, stay with us when we come forward. More on the explosive testimony by Fannie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia, today, right here on KBLA Talk 1580. Arriva time is the right time. More of Ariva Martin in real time when we come forward. You're listening to Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk 1580. We are back. And in this hour, Bobby Grace, veteran prosecutor in Mansfield Collins, a veteran defense attorney, are joining me as we're breaking down the explosive testimony of Fonnie Willis in that Fulton County courthouse today. She took the witness stand by the surprise, well, basically surprising everyone, including her own team, uh, to defend herself and to fight back against these allegations that somehow she has benefited financially uh, because 
Nathaniel Wade, a special prosecutor, was hired and is now part of the prosecution of Donald Trump and others on RICO charges. So I know, Bobby, uh, you believe that there was an affidavit that contradicted the relationship. And I'm not finding it. My producer isn't finding it. In fact, what I'm finding is that uh, Wade, what the uh, pundits are saying, that their papers are saying, is that Wade stuck to his earlier claim in a sworn affidavit that his romantic relationship began in early 2022 uh, and that they split travel and vacation expenses. So now, I could be wrong uh, on that point. I, I'm trying to find it too. And maybe what I'm focusing on is the the testimony of the friend who disputes when the yes. relationship first started. The friend, uh, ex-friend, let's call it that. Uh, <laughs> Robin Bryant Yurti, who was apparently forced to uh, leave the district attorney's office, was told resign or be fired, uh, is being characterized as a disgruntled ex-employee of the office where Fannie Willis worked. Uh, she said she had no doubt that they began their affair in 2019, shortly after they met at a judicial conference. Uh, and she went on to say that this, uh, that Fannie Willis told her in 2020 and 21, uh, that she was dating Wade. And if her claim of that is true, that obviously predates the contract uh, with uh, Mr. Wade and could give the defense an opportunity to argue that he was brought on to the case so that he could bill hours, that he could get paid this $600,000 uh, and that she would benefit from it. But that's where the case is breaking down to me, Mansfield. It's a lot of smoke. It's a lot of speculation, a lot of gossip, a lot of salacious uh, testimony, but I didn't see anything yet. And the defense says they have two more witnesses that can disprove. Now they tried to suggest that Fannie and Wade were lying because they said, well, you don't have any receipts. You don't have any uh, cash app uh, you know, documentation. You don't have any bank receipts suggesting that either they're lying about her paying him back in cash or that they purposely use cash to avoid having any kind of paper trail. But that's not evidence. Those are going to be arguments, Mansfield. The judge is going to have to decide, uh, you know, where's the evidence that Fannie Willis benefited from this relationship with Mr. Wade? What do you expect these next two witnesses for the defense to be like? Who are they? What are they going to say? Well, I do agree that um, the testimony of the former friend of Fonnie Willis was completely not credible. I do believe that her testimony will not establish that they had a pre-existing relationship, romantic relationship. I think her observations were that she saw them kissing and she saw them uh, hugging. Uh, I don't think that that is evidence of a romantic relationship. Many people do that and they aren't involved in a romantic relationship. That's a greeting for some people. And for others, it's just a way of saying hello or goodbye. Uh, the other, my, my real concern with what happened today is that there were certain parts of the testimony that, um, that could be viewed as, um, when you call another lawyer a liar in court, uh, that kind of testimony could be viewed as someone having an opinion about the entire case that's based on anger and hostility. And again, it gets back to my earlier statement that 
the judge may not follow the strict legal requirements of finding a conflict of interest in this case. If he was going to follow a strict legal analysis, Georgia law allows for married couples to be in the same case uh, in a divorce case uh, representing different parties, but it allows them to be in the same case and they are not disqualified. So if the married couple is not disqualified, it's hard to say that even if they were dating, that uh, the, the courts would find that uh, Fonnie Willis should, or that Nathan Wade should be disqualified and the entire uh, DA's office should be disqualified. Tomorrow, the evidence is going to be, I, I expect the defense to come even harder tomorrow. It's one of the things that we hate to, to see as a defense attorney is for the case to go to the next day. We don't hate it. I'm sorry. The prosecution hates to see a case break when you could have gotten a witness perhaps off the stand because now the process, now the defense, we can now regroup. We can get together more evidence overnight and come in very strong tomorrow. Tomorrow is probably going to be more sensational testimony from Fonnie Willis than today was. And then the, to hear that her father, she keeps promoting that her father is going to come in with a lot of testimony. I I, um, I just think that that's uh, it's going to be very interesting to hear it. It's going to be shocking. Uh, I'm just not sure how far it's going to move the judge one way or the other. I'm not sure how it's going to move the judge one way or the other. Okay, good point. Uh, Bobby, what do you expect Fonnie to do tomorrow? Because the, the way they started the case today was with the defense lawyers getting to take her in their case in chief. So they got to question her first. And you saw as the lawyers, you know, as you got down to lawyer five, lawyer six, the judge's patience was wearing thin. He's like, move on, move on. That question's been asked. And that's what happens when you have a bunch of lawyers all asking the same questions. But tomorrow, Fani is back on the witness stand. And for all practical purposes, her lawyer gets to rehabilitate her. How, do, how is Fani going to deal with this ex-friend? She's already let us know that she said no good deed goes unpunished. So she obviously feels betrayed by this friend. Are we going to hear more about this woman, how she was fired, the fact that she's disgruntled, why she's not believable, as Mansfield just said? I believe so. I, I think that, that the Fulton County DAs, whatever they know about the former friend, they're going to come after her guns blazing to try to uh, damage her credibility and make, make it clear to the judge that this is a person who shouldn't be believed. And um, as Mansfield points out, that's really how this whole thing is going to come down, is that they've given the opportunity for the judge on his own to determine the credibility of the people and can now kind of swing either way he wants to go with respect to um, making a call as to the conflict, which is dangerous for um, the Fulton County DA's office. So, so I know you both feel like, you know, Fonnie Willis took a big risk testifying on her own behalf and that this judge, as you said, Mansfield, has got to weigh what to do in this case that has such larger implications, so much larger than this one prosecutor. But I kind of see the flip of that. I also see a judge that knows that this is a righteous case because he's had ample opportunity to dismiss this case against Trump and, and defendants. They have filed multiple motions to defend, uh, to admit, to dismiss the case. They've all been denied, denied, denied. So the judge knows that there's probable cause, that there's evidence to hold these men uh, to account. Now, you know, that doesn't mean they're convicted ultimately, but this is not a non-serious, non-meritorious case. 
So the judge also has to know if they dis if he disqualifies Fannie Willis in her office in Georgia, this goes to some prosecutorial person board that then gets to pick the next prosecutor. Now, you brought up that case where she has been disqualified. Guess what? No prosecutor, no prosecutor has been assigned to that case. There's been delays, delays, yes. delays, and that case may go away. So this judge also knows by disqualifying Fannie Willis, there's a good chance that this case may never get into a courtroom again, that a new prosecutor comes on, has the complete discretion to look at the charges and say, oh, you know, I don't really see any crime here and dismiss it. So he also has to weigh that as well, not just is finally a bad person for this case, but if I disqualify her, am I basically letting all of these defendants off? How does the judge weigh that? I think the judge weighs all of that. And um, and I think that um, you raised some very good points, but I think ultimately the judge is looking at this case being delayed as a result of this motion to disqualify regardless. So I don't think this judge is looking at making a decision that is going to tell the judge that, or it's going to tell the nation that this case is going to trial without any more hiccups. This case is going to have tons of hiccups, appeals as a result of this. And so maybe the best decision for this judge would be to disqualify and see if another DA's office picks it up in the state. And if they do, that vindicates that the case is uh, was fairly investigated, that there was no impartiality and there was no bias. It may be his best his best case, his best decision. Yeah, but he he's got to be thinking about what I just said. In that one case where Fani has been disqualified, there's not a district attorney that has been assigned to that case. We got to keep in mind we're in Georgia. This ain't California. Yeah, so Fani Willis yes. is probably one of very few quote unquote liberal Democratic district attorneys. And so if this gets into the hands of a Republican uh, prosecutor, although, you know, prosecutors shouldn't be making decisions along, you know, party lines, but come on, let's be real, they do. Uh, we just saw that with the uh, special counsel who, you know, decided that Biden wasn't a criminal, but yet let's talk about his memory. So we know prosecutors do things that are political. So I, I don't know if this judge is going to say, let's send this case to this prosecutorial process that Georgia has set up knowing that that could mean an indefinite delay and ultimately dismissal of this case. Uh, lots for this judge to, uh, to consider, obviously. When we come forward, we're going to talk about Fonnie Willis's dad, this 80-year-old Black man that has told his daughter from day one, have cash on you at all times. What is dad going to testify to and how important is it uh, in this evidentiary hearing? Stay with us. KBLA Talk 1580. She's the real deal. In real time. You're listening to Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk 1580. Present. Let's get back to more of Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk 1580. We talked about all the memes that are likely to come out of Fannie Willis's testimony, including the one I agree that says a man is not a plan. <laughs> he is a companion. <laughs> I bet women all over the world were cracking up. <laughs> Uh, and we shouldn't forget that she said Wade told her the only thing a woman can do for him is make him a sandwich. <laughs> so 
Apparently, they had a lot of differences about what men and women should do for each other in relationships. He was apparently a very traditional man, uh, wanted to do more for her. And she was a very stoic, independent woman whose dad had taught her, don't take anything from a man, pay your way. But, you know, on a serious note, nothing that happened today undercut the factual allegations against Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, or the other GOP allies who have been accused of trying to overturn the 2020 election. Uh, this hearing, though, did shift the conversation away from those allegations and away from Trump's legal woes for now, at least in the state of Georgia. But we can't forget that earlier today, a New York judge did set a trial date for Trump's historic first trial in the hush money criminal case. We know that's going to happen on March 25th. Uh, that news, though, was kind of washed away as Fonnie Willis, you know, gave that jaw-dropping testimony uh, that everybody now is talking about. And unlike New York federal courts or any federal courts, there are cameras in the courtroom. So we're getting to literally uh, experience this in real time. Tomorrow, Fonnie is going to be back on the stand. She's going to continue uh, her testimony but also something else is going to happen big tomorrow in Donald Trump's legal woes. And uh, we're expecting the New York judge who was presiding over his civil fraud case uh, to issue his order on uh, his decision in that case. And we know in that case, another black prosecutor, uh, Letitia James, attorney general for the state of New York, has asked that judge to issue a $370 million fine against Trump. Uh, and to basically bar Trump from operating his companies, including Trump Tower in the state of New York. So no matter what happens to Fannie Willis and Mr. Wade, Trump's legal woes, Mansfield, are not going away. They are going to just get worse uh, and worse and worse. So uh, whatever you know, he might be doing tonight, smiling about what he thinks was, I don't know, some kind of uh, you know, advantage today, uh, will be quickly forgotten tomorrow because if he gets hit with $370 million uh, and barred from doing business in New York, and we know these civil judgments, people say, well, he'll never pay it. Well, guess what? There's something called a bond. Uh, and you don't just get to walk away, file 100 million different appeals. You got to post a bond for in the state of New York for almost the same value of that judgment. That's what he has to do with E. Jean Carroll. So Donald Trump has issues, just to put it mildly. But let's talk about that. A couple of minutes we have left, man. So what is what is Fonnie Willis's poor 80-year-old black father that didn't want to go out during COVID going to testify to when he takes the stand tomorrow or Tuesday? I anticipate he's going to try to uh, testify to cover the non-romantic relationship between Fonnie and Nathan Wade because he was at some point living with Fonnie Willis or Willis at some point was staying with him. So I think part of his testimony is going to try to establish, no, he did not observe any romantic relationship during the relevant period of time. And I think the other uh, area that's so uh, intriguing is this area about cash money. <laughs> I think he's going to testify that he told his daughter um, when she was growing up that a woman, a black woman should always have six months of cash money on hand uh, in the event, just for uh, emergencies, rainy day fund. And and I think there's some credibility to that. I think there is a lot of truthfulness to that. I'm not sure if, the only question that we always have to look at is, will the judge believe it in its entirety? But I think those are the two areas that he will testify in.
Well, let's put this in perspective, Bobby. If the judge determines on a factual basis, judges try or fact, that Fonnie and Mr. Wade are not credible, he's basically saying an elected district attorney came into his courtroom and lied, put not only this case at risk, put her bar license, because lying to a court will get you disbarred, could get you charged with perjury, put her freedom, her bar license, her career at stake, and Wade, too, who was a former judge, municipal court judge, lawyer, also put his freedom, if he perjured himself, and his bar license and his career on the line. That's going to be a heavy lift, I think, for a judge, because he's going to have to make that factual determination, Bobby Wright, that they are not credible. Well, Ariba, you just made the the argument for um, Fannie Willis's office, and certainly those are going to be all the things that, that they're going to point to and, and try to get the judge to um, to weigh his decision on. But I think Mansfield is correct that um, credibility, 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 this is all going to come down to credibility. And if the judge does not believe, um, you know, substantial portions of Fannie Willis's testimony today, which is a, a big reason why most lawyers would have told her not to take the stand, then her credibility would not have been on the line. Um, I but, think. but wait a minute, but Mansfield, it's not going to be as simple as that. If the judge determines that she lied, let's, let's use the words that everybody understand, not credibility, but that she lied, it's not just disqualifying her from this case, is it? Can she go on and, and be responsible for prosecuting other cases if she perjured herself in this courtroom? Well, let's remember that regardless of the decision made by this judge, it's going to be appealed by either no, the no, district no. attorney's I, I office. That, but, let's, but let's make it yes. clear. This judge saying that Fani lied is bigger than the disqualification decision in this case. That's true, Ariba, but I'm not sure if he has to make that decision. Will say that, yeah, Mansfield will yep. co-sign on this. Perjury is different than a credibility call. There are many witnesses that go into criminal court and a jury doesn't believe them or a judge doesn't believe them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they lied. There, there are different aspects of, as you know, right. being I know truth. that, but this is a district attorney. Mansfield said there are different standards here. You can't be a district attorney and have adjudicated against you that you're not credible. This ain't me, you, or Mansfield. This is a district attorney. No, I, I agree with you. Devastating. Yeah, if a judge makes a finding that he didn't believe her, then that's going to damage her ability to be the Fulton County DA. I totally agree with you on that. Fantastic. I think we and this yeah, judge, I mean, that's this is big. Yeah, it would yeah. be almost impossible for her to maintain credibility on any case. If no, she, she, is, she should consider resigning if that happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bobby got the, and lady I don't think that the judge. And I don't think the judge will make that finding, Ariva, but you're absolutely right. Even if he doesn't make that precise finding. If he grants this motion, that will be the uh, that'll be sort of the result that the public will get out of the case. That so, will yeah, be it's the de facto finding that the woman yeah, lied. Oh my God, that's not happening. You guys are wrong. I'm going to have you back because she's going to be on this case, <laughs> and I'm going to make you eat those words. 
Okay. We're out of time. Thank you so much, guys. Always a pleasure. I like Fonny, by the way. I like Fonny, Ariba. I I'll like see y'all when my okay. girl is prosecuting Trump. Okay? That's all I got to say. Next okay. voice that you hear will be Robin Ayers and the Raw Report right here on KBOA Talk 1580. <laughs>